You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. As always, brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Good morning and welcome in. Welcome in. This year is going to be a fun show. We're going to be joined by Sigmund Bloom of FootballGuys.com. Up nice and early for this one, 7 a.m. here in Melbourne. Looking forward to getting talking with Sigmund. The things you do for the love of the NFL to get a nice podcast out. Recap in week 13 uh, each and every week. I've uh, been doing this twice a week, many of these days, uh, prior to 7 a.m. before I head off to work. So always fun, though. Love doing it. Hopefully you're enjoying them over the last couple of weeks. We've had a great run of guests. Last week was Ross Tucker and Chris Westling. Today's Sigmund Bloom. Let's keep the preview for week 14 under wraps for just a little bit yet and uh, really just looking forward to this as always when I start the show I'd like to thank you all for coming along to listen uh, it is the Overtime Ireland football podcast covering American football NFL and uh, doing it all with an Irish accent and this Irish accent is based now in Melbourne Australia so it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, so it's all a bit multicultural at the minute but we like to diversify things um, quite a fascinating week 13 I guess we'll say I know I finished off last week's podcast for the previews and you know that the Packers game hadn't happened at that stage and a lot of people will be able to guess my mood whether the Packers won or lost well it looked like a long long time in that game like the Packers were going to lose that one and uh, thankfully Aaron Rodgers with a bit of uh, maybe we'll call it divine intervention with that Hail Mary throw a uh, 61 yard Hail Mary toss to Richard Rodgers and uh, just a phenomenal end and I tweeted out after it that I did uh, scream like a little girl for probably two or three minutes after it so um, you know thankfully that audio wasn't recorded but uh, I'm sure it would be played on endless vine clips or on YouTube but a great great result for the Packers they really did need it Um, the performance all the same wasn't spectacular but they did get the job done that's all that matters and as we'll talk about with Sigmund the way the other results went this weekend really helped out the Packers immensely so so without any further delay let's get straight into it Uh, let's get Sigmund on the show Let's recap this weekend's NFL action. It's the OTI Weekend Roundup. Delighted once again to be joined back in the Overtime Ireland podcast by Sigmund Bloom of FootballGuys.com. I know a lot of our listeners also listen to the Audible, and if you're not listening to it, you definitely should be. But uh, Sigmund, thanks for jumping on the show. Oh, it's great to be back, and the, the drama, the stakes get higher in fantasy football yeah. and football. and It, it just becomes so compelling uh, it's easy to get caught up in the games at this time of year, which is good because sometimes we need to forget about how our fantasy football teams are doing. Yeah, I know the feeling uh, this week, kind of half my teams get to the playoffs, half of them don't. But I suppose if it's 50%, at least you still have uh, oh, some yeah. shots at winning it. So um, that's just the way it goes. But with the, with the way fantasy football was going and with the way the, the actual NFL was going, a pretty crazy weekend this week. Uh, it all started off with the Packers and the Lions, I guess. We might start there. I'm a Packers fan, so... Most of that game, uh, as the listeners probably are well aware from the Twitter feed, I was kind of very, very grumpy, very, very angry. And then <laughs> comes down to that last play of the game where they get the, I know I listened to your show, I don't know if you agreed fully with the uh, face mask call, but get another chance. And there's not many quarterbacks around that control the ball as deep and as uh, make it look as easy as Aaron Rodgers did on that Hail Mary. But just a crazy, crazy finish to start the week after uh, Monday night football's finish as well. So just a couple of crazy finishes back to back. But uh, your thoughts on that overall? 
Yeah, and you mentioned the Monday night finish, and I think it goes hand in hand. And even the Monday night finish we just had last night, yeah. uh, where we're to that point in the season where one of the things that makes football so special uh, is that we, we have these epic stories of players, of units, of coaches, of teams. Each week or even off season is a new chapter in that story. And some of the chapters, as an editor, you might just throw, you know, leave aside because they're not that interesting. They don't reveal that much. And then there are chapters in the story that are quintessential, you know, typify that team, that player, uh, and certainly, and I'm so sorry for Browns and Lions fans out there, but we saw the Browns do one of the most Browns things ever, yeah. and then the Lions, uh, and Jim Caldwell, <clears throat> and what was frustrating here is, as you alluded to, the Lions dominated this game for about three quarters. Uh, they were up 20 to nothing, and much like in the first matchup in Lambeau Field, nothing the Packers would do on offense uh, was working. The Lions were having a lot of successes. Their offense is, is starting to look functional, at least under Jim Bob Cooter, and then you have Jim Caldwell uh, just kind of coast in, try to guide it in for a nice and easy win, even whenever the Matthew Stafford converts. I just wondered why he didn't give them give Stafford one play to win the game. I mean, I understand you want to keep the clock running. So if Stafford rolls out, like if there's a read, it's not there, just sit down. Don't even throw the ball. You lose nothing. Jim Caldwell just conceded that he was going to give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers with 30 seconds left. Aaron Rodgers, and I think Joe Philbin, <laughs> who's no longer a head coach, did the same thing uh, with Miami. Yeah, a couple uh, of years back. You know, it's just, actually. Yeah. I think it was last season. You, you don't, if, if there's an option other than give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers, you try that option. Yeah. And I think that there's a larger thing here. I don't understand it why uh, NFL coaches continue to take the ball out of their best player's hands when the game is on the line. What you as a coach want to do is say, the plays that are going to decide this game, we want the ball in our player's best hand. I mean, our, our best player's hands, yeah. right? So, so why would you take the ball out of Matthew Stafford's hands to decide the game? And I think we see it week after week. Coaching to not lose usually accomplishes the opposite. Very much. I was just uh, when I'm looking down through the results, thinking of like the the New York Giants. On the other hand, they went for it, and Tom Coughlin sometimes gets criticised for doing the same as Jim Caldwell done, maybe a little bit too conservative at times. But he has a chance to go for a field goal to put them 13 up with a. Th- and I think it was in the fourth quarter and he goes right. for the fourth down doesn't get it the Jets come back and win the game so things like that can go the opposite way uh, we see it with teams that just uh, but usually if you aren't aggressive enough it's going to come back and bite you the Chiefs are on the you Chiefs. find out if your teams are is any good or not like if they, can, if they can't execute the play you ask them to execute then they don't deserve I mean if you lose at least you lose based on something that you chose uh, you chose the terms that's what's really frustrating or you know I saw we saw Mike Tomlin do it in Pittsburgh as a Steelers fan uh, against Seattle yeah. when they had a chance to go for it on fourth down and take the lead or kick a field goal and hope for the best and hope for the best is not a good plan yeah and it's the same the Packers last year were having such a phenomenal run uh, oh. up in up in Seattle as well Seattle, yeah. yeah if you coach if you coach not to lose you generally it, it backfires quite a bit of the time but you mentioned the Packers game too and looking forward for the rest of the season you know you mentioned the whole way through this game I'm kind of going through my head as what's wrong with this team nothing going couldn't run the ball couldn't get any passing yards just nothing going I'm thinking this team has no chance going forward in the playoffs but just the the narrative can change just so much based on that one play and maybe it gives the team a little bit of a spark but yes as, as a Packers fan you still would definitely be worried going forward um the defense is playing very very well at the moment but out to that there it's not looking that positive but again it's just about getting the wins and then maybe things get sorted out and 
We mentioned the Seahawks twice there. Well, if you talk about the Seahawks this week, 38-7 to against the uh, Minnesota Vikings, held them scoreless for very much of the game, and uh, it was just a kick return by Carter L. Patterson that got them on the board. So the Seahawks the last two weeks look like a, a very different animal, and I thought they would struggle this week against the Vikings, and they don't anything but. Well, you mentioned narrative. Narrative belongs in football analysis, uh, and narrative certainly affects the course of these teams. And in Green Bay's case, you're absolutely right that it's not going to fix their offense, uh, but it can add an edge to the team, that kind of adrenaline rush, yeah. uh, getting that kind of win. And in Seattle's case, I think the narrative here is we're fine. You know, It doesn't matter what our record is. Uh, as long as we still control our own destiny, we just need to get into the tournament, get into the playoffs. We can hang with anybody. Uh, and you see that confidence now. Uh, and it, I think it really reflects on my Steelers, who may not make the playoffs. In fact, I'd say that right now, if you ran simulations, they would be on the outside looking. I mean, they're outside right now. And if you just run the games with their most likely outcomes, the Steelers are on the outside looking yeah. in. It just shows you what they can really accomplish with that passing game, that they were able to do that up in Seattle, all-time all uh, record for passing yardage against Seattle in one game and then Seattle goes to Minnesota and just makes Teddy Bridgewater look like a JV quarterback uh, and this is the this is the that knowledge you have that confidence you have when you've been there done that uh, and we see that with, with a team like New England uh, and Green Bay I think still is struggling with that but yeah. certainly and what are we you know exactly what we're headed for here Green Seattle's going to come into Green Bay in the first week of the playoffs yeah, it can be interesting if it happens. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it'd be another rematch from that game last season, obviously. Uh, so it'll be an interesting one to see. And if they get into the Packers now, look like that result as well. It's a big swing. If they'd have lost that game, you know, they'd be struggling to make the playoffs yeah. and they win. So, they, But when you're, looking, when you're looking around, there's a. You mentioned the Steelers. It's amazing to think that they're on the edge looking in with the performances they've been putting in with Big Ben in the lineup. Obviously, they lost him for a couple of games, but 45 to 10 against the Colts, an absolute uh, annihilation. Off, off the Colts defense, they just they look phenomenal. I know the Colts don't have luck, but they didn't look great with Andrew Luck. Uh, the Steelers, just on the other hand, with the the trio wide receivers that they're playing with at the moment, look absolutely sensational. And if if they if they were to make the playoffs, I think if you're looking at a team that's not in the actual playoff uh, spots at the moment, I think if any team in the AFC, even the the second seed, uh, the, every team will fear the Steelers if they make it in. Nobody wants to face the Steelers. Nobody does. And and to be clear, the Steelers-Seattle game from uh, a few weeks ago yeah. was much better than the actual Steelers-Seattle Super Bowl. Uh, and, it, and we would love to see them play or maybe like Pittsburgh and Arizona, wide-open teams, because it, it's the players they have and then the willingness to go all out with it. You know, um, Basically let Ben Roethlisberger sit back there like it's skeet shooting, and he's just waiting for his target to come open. Uh, it, it, there's no sense of... Uh, a fear of like low percentage on passing plays downfield or extending the play because that's what they do well. So you always love Todd Haley. That's Todd Haley's career in a nutshell as an offensive coordinator. What do we do well? Okay, let's do that. Um, but the problem is those games that Roethlisberger missed, uh, the Baltimore game that we agonized over on our show, and they had six or seven different chances to put away. Uh, and then the Cincinnati game when Roethlisberger came back and he was rusty, uh, threw a couple of picks at the end of that game and lost a chance yeah. to win that one. Either one of those games, we can point back to those moments and say, well, that's where the Steelers' season ended. But in the meantime, the other, the alternative narrative here is they're going to Cincinnati this week. Uh, if they can win that game on the road, then they have Denver coming in. And 
Denver's defense is monumental, but so is this passing game. Is that going to be entertaining or what? If they can actually win those two games, now we get back to what you said, where if the Steelers get in as a sixth seed, having won at Cincinnati, having beaten Denver, yeah, they right. go in fearing nobody, they, and they shouldn't fear anybody. So as usual, you know, we, we're going to get to the playoffs, and if you can make it into the tournament, except for the NFC East champion. See, but I say that, but even the Giants, <laughs> the Giants have, like, dragged themselves into the playoffs before and yeah. then won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I don't even know if I can say that. Indy, okay, or Houston. We can rule out Indy or Houston. Otherwise, every team that makes the tournament has a chance to run the table. Yeah, but we see every week uh, with the, you know a bounce of a ball, with a little bit of luck, sometimes weaker teams can get the result. And you look around this week again, you have the teams like the 49ers go on the road, get a win against the Bears. I don't think a lot of people predicted that at the start off the week. Uh, just a lot of strange results bouncing around. There was a couple of games this week, though, absolute shootouts when you look at them. Uh, I don't think a lot of people were expecting a shootout in that Titans game against the Jaguars with not that much uh, to play for between those teams, although really them pride. The Titans getting their first win. I think it was their first win in 14 games at home, so uh, that there was a nice uh, win for Titans fans. But when you look around the other games where shootouts, the Panthers and the Saints, I don't think a lot of us seen that coming. The Panthers stay unbeaten, and then the uh, Eagles head up to uh, the Patriots and win up in New England. So some surprising results around the league, uh, but then some absolutely high-scoring shootout games that... Uh, I didn't really see coming. No, not at all. We didn't either. Uh, on our Sunday morning hangout, uh, we passed it around at the very end, and I just asked my colleagues, you know, Gene Bramble, yeah. does New Orleans have any chance against Carolina? No. Does Philly <laughs> have any chance against New Orleans? No. Um, that was Matt Waldman. And my greed with them. I'm not trying to uh, hang them out to dry. Yeah. But, you know, you still have those spoiler games. You still have those games where teams that seemingly don't have that much to play for. Although the Eagles are tied for first place now. Yeah, crazy. So I guess they did have something to play for. Um, but, you know, New Orleans, uh, I suppose what they have to play for is trying to put a black eye and stop this uh, 16-0 season that Carolina is going under. I think we, it is interesting to see some cracks in the Carolina defense maybe that can be exposed. And obviously uh, with New England... Uh, it's special teams and how when would have we ever uh, the, my colleague Cecil Lambert brought it up it was in a playoff game that Brady threw an, inter, an end zone interception that Champ Bailey yeah. all but returned for a touchdown um, and then uh, you saw this happen again so the thing is New England has that as we talked about earlier in the segment um, that equilibrium like they've been there they've, they've had moments like this uh, they've absorbed some blows with injuries and whatnot uh, it's going to be more interesting to me to see how Philadelphia comes out of that with new life and you look at Philadelphia's schedule they do have a tough game left against Arizona but they play the two teams that they're tied with right now Washington and the Giants so uh, new life when last week we were talking about where's Chip Kelly going to coach next year <laughs> yeah and when you look at this game you mentioned the interception return for a touchdown there was a punt block for a touchdown there was a, a punt return for a touchdown so a lot of special teams that's using this one for the Patriots uh, we'll see how they bounce back uh, obviously they'll get Gronkowski probably back this coming week we'll see if that helps them but it really shook up the playoff picture in the AFC this week not so much with who is in the playoffs but the seeding at the very very top because with the Patriots losing it gives the Bengals the top spot the Broncos also won this week uh, against the Chargers gives them second spot the Patriots now down into the third seed so it has shook it up from that perspective it'll be interesting it's going to be tough for them to, to bounce back to get back into that number one overall seed but again if uh, you mentioned Steelers have to go and beat the Bengals exactly so might, might shake it it's go, there's going to be a lot of twists and turns before this is all said and done so it, it makes it all very very interesting for us um, with uh, the Bengals obviously not much to talk about in that game other than a very comprehensive 
victory. I think it was was it you on the show that mentioned that it was a bit like a, a science experiment prodding around to see what yeah. was inside that, uh, exactly. that Browns team. So, <laughs> well, yeah. It's the corpse of the Browns at this point. Yeah. Yes. So, so there wasn't much left of this Browns team and uh, now Johnny Manziel looks like he's going to bounce back into the team and get another chance to see what he has for the last few weeks of the season. Uh, they probably should have been rolling with him the last two weeks but obviously with the off-field issues uh, that there hasn't happened. But 37-3 in that uh, very easy win. Never a contest at all. The Cardinals win at the Rams in a similar situation, 27-3. It was close throughout the game but the Rams never really looked like putting any points on the board and I don't think there's really a team in the NFL that have uh, such a struggle in offense particularly on third downs they just can't convert and get first downs at all um, outside of Todd Gurley and with uh, obviously they can only run the ball so he's been pressed uh, hard to get some to get some yards the last couple of weeks so the Rams again uh, Jeff Fisher do you think this is the year that he does get you on the door? You would think, uh, because how many more co- offensive coordinators can you fire, yeah. you know? Um, and and the, the blueprint's clear. And what's really sad about this is earlier in the year, and, and what else has been hurting this team is Robert Quinn being out. Uh, it's a yeah. real edge of their defense, and, and that's important. So it reminds me of the Bill Cowher teams that I loved with the Steelers, where you build a team that if it gets on a certain game script that you're trying to dictate, you're going to throttle the opponent, you know? If you can run long drives, keep the wear down the opposing defense, keep the offense on the sidelines, make them start to press and grip a little bit, have a strong uh, front seven so that the running game is, you know, you're not set up in these third and twos and third and threes, and then you can pin your ears back and come after them on third and long, and it all just spirals out of control for the opponents. We've seen St. Louis have some feeding frenzy games before like this. You know, if they, if they can make it so that the game is on their terms, then they're going to win. But they don't have the players to s- consistently steer games into what they want, particularly the quarterback. Uh, and then they have a low tolerance for injury. So you would hope, I mean, with Jeff Fisher, the smart thing about making the RG3 trade was it really started the clock uh, as a four-year clock. He's like, let me make all these picks. Let me show you what I can do with all these players. Well, it's still the same at best 8-8 eight and eight team. Uh, and as far as Johnny Mansell, I just want to say this. The way the Browns have handled him reminds me too much. I've got a five-year-old son. It reminds me too much of my parenting style. You know, <laughs> you're grounded. Oh, it's i got to okay. do something. All right, you can watch TV. You know, it's just like either you have a principle and you believe yeah. that this is what's best for his development, or you just say we want the best chance to win and we're willing to cut corners with our principles. But they're doing it. They're getting the worst of both worlds unless Manziel just goes out there and works his magic and gives them that note to end the season on. Well, look how good the future could be. But in the background, you know there's going to be another video at some point. And then what do you do? Uh, They've just gotten themselves in a situation where there's no path that they can take that's going to be consistent or probably lead to them being anything but the Browns. Yeah, there'll probably be another video in the future if it hasn't already been recorded. Um, when I mentioned the Panthers game, well, 41-38 to the Saints. Uh, I didn't mention, you know, we mentioned about the defense. You said there's some cracks maybe, but when you put up 41 points, it's going to always give you a big chance of winning. But this could have been more for the Panthers. Uh, again, we've seen that Ted Ginn, you know, for every score that he's going to get he probably drops three or four different touchdowns right. uh, you know there was a couple of passes you know probably over 30 yards that he's shooting he's in he's a speed demon so he's in behind the defense all he has to do is catch the ball and walk into the end zone but drops it time and time again so that has to be frustrating for for cam newton and the panthers but again they get the win in that one with the uh, the biggest game probably 
you know, in the playoff hunt, uh, there was two of them this week that had, you know, both the, or three of them actually win kind of go home scenarios, and it's going to be interesting to see <coughs> if the teams can recover. The New York Giants losing to the Jets. I mentioned they had a thirteen point lead, and uh, they really I thought had that game in control. Then the other one was the Kansas City Chiefs winning on the road against the Raiders. The Raiders offense the last three or four weeks just seems to have come back down to earth a little bit after having a phenomenal kind of four or five week stretch there in the middle so the Chiefs still continuing their run since uh, they were over in London and they, they've really been uh, yeah. putting up big big points as well it's not like they've just been you know getting these narrow wins so a big win for the Chiefs and uh, then the other one the Texans against the Bills the Bills 30 the Tennessee or the Houston Texans. I don't know. Some of the listeners have got on to me for some reason. I always say the Tennessee Texans. I get my, what, <laughs> the alliteration, uh, but uh, I can't no. But Adams took the Houston team to Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, so that that gives me a little bit of an excuse. But the Bills getting a win this week again. Watkins looking pretty good again. Tyrod Taylor looking good. So um, they they have been doing a nice job the last couple of weeks, and I, I still can't really figure out if they are going to eventually make it in or not. But um, out of those games, um, the the Chiefs obviously probably the, the standout team going forward. If you're talking about playoff hunt, well, yeah, this is why as a Steelers fan I'm worried. I'm literally I was just biting my nails uh, because <laughs> Kansas City's schedule remaining: San Diego, Baltimore, Cleveland. None of those teams are doing anything. They, they're mailing it in at this point. And Oakland by week 17, they're probably going to be mailing it in. So they have no excuse to be anything but um, 11 and five on a 10 game winning streak. Crazy. Uh, it started against the Steelers, actually, and Landry Jones. Um, and then you have Buffalo. Well, they're getting to the AF- NFC East segment of their schedule, Philly, Washington, and Dallas. We all know how bad those teams are. So th- their team that could easily be going into that home game in Week 17 with the Jets, looking at going 10-6. and six. Um, it, So Houston has to contend with Indy. The problem with Houston is they have to face New England at home this week. Uh, and <clears throat> Indy has a little bit easier of a matchup at Jacksonville. So if they go into the game with Indy one game behind and the game is in Indianapolis, then Indy can kind of lock it up at that point because they have Miami and Tennessee left. So Houston is, as you said, kind of fighting for their life and against the Patriots. And also we know a Bill Belichick team responding after the poor performance they had in almost all facets of the game. You know that they're going to answer the bell there. Um, And it was disappointing to see Oakland uh, get tripped up, but Kansas City has a good blueprint. Uh, you know, they've, they've got the running game working even without Jamal Charles, the passing game with Jeremy Macklin as a dimension that they were lacking, and even without Justin Houston, uh, they had some ball hawks in the secondary, and they were able to get some things done there. It's, so, go ahead. Uh, it's pretty crazy when you think about the Chiefs, you know, narrative we talked about earlier. Jamal Charles is out of this team, and everyone thought the season was dead and buried. Jamal Charles was actually out of this team when they started this winning streak, so... yeah. Uh, just, uh, you know, they take in Spencer Ware and Tricandrick West, and they've really been doing a nice job uh, together. But it's, it's just crazy when you think about it, things like that, losing basically the key to your offense. Travis Kelsey's not doing much, really, in this uh, winning streak either, and uh, they're, they're just on a nice roll. Yeah, and this Andy Reid, you have to think that Andy Reid is kind of a rudder uh, for this team. And he, when he took over the team, they had a good year, a year yeah. kind of like this. So they don't, they're not necessarily a team that's going to win pretty. And when I say every team that makes the tournament can make it, yeah, I mean... I don't see Kansas City like going into New England or going well maybe going into Cincinnati. Cincinnati, you know, we're we're, we're stepping around this and there's a big story that Cincinnati is the number 1 seed right now with home field throughout the playoffs and they have not won a playoff game with Andy Dalton. Which what's going to give? Uh, so and perhaps this is exactly what Cincinnati wants. 
is for the national media to continue to follow stories like, ooh, Peyton Manning or not Peyton Manning, or Tom Brady <laughs> and anything having to do with Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, but you have Cincinnati set up. I think we, we very are likely going to see Cincinnati and Carolina go into the playoffs as number one seeds that nobody thinks will actually make the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty crazy. And still the Panthers really getting no no real respect for uh, the run that they're on. So, But uh, they'll probably be pretty happy. They're still using it as a chip on their shoulder. Just to take everything full circle, three games, and I'm going to sure. tie them into a bow. We have uh, you know, games that we talked about, teams coaching not to win. Well, a team that coached again, and John Fox has obviously been criticized this in the past, is the Chicago Bears, and he was with the Broncos as well. Uh, they get 20 points, and they lose to Blaine Gabbard and the 49ers with... Uh, 26 so that there again coaching not to lose will get you beat uh, the Redskins as well you know you can't settle for field goals in basically every drive of this, the game up until they get that Deshaun Jackson touchdown after Deshaun Jackson I uh, will leave it I don't know I have no idea what he was trying to do there so <laughs> <laughs> and then just uh, being Deshaun Jackson yeah another game that uh, both teams kind of walking into I don't know if either of them wanted to win at the Ravens against the Dolphins the bright spot in this here for the Dolphins, uh, Devontae Parker with a, a nice touchdown grab in this, obviously starting to get healthy, getting back on the field, and gives them something maybe to look forward to going into next season. Yeah, and I think that, you know, again, we're trying to separate out, like, Chicago was getting on a decent run there. Um, Jay Cutler was playing some of the best football of his career, yeah. and then you have both these running backs, and that's great, but uh, you want to let Cutler, we've seen this with Matthew Stafford too, you got to give him at least a little bit of a wide berth to play in, you know, to be creative, to to be uh, more of an improvisational quarterback. And you know, with Washington and Dallas, all because it's just NFC East is so bad. <laughs> I I say that, and and I say that, but then you look at the Giants and their history, and also what's interesting about this Giants game coming up, and really the rest of the Giants season is that there's a lot of talk now that if Tom Coughlin, this team doesn't make the playoffs. This is it for him. And they play Carolina week fifteen. Um, so, and I love, by the way, that you pointed out, and this is important, speaking of narrative, and I guarantee you this is uh, something that's being talked about a lot. It, how, you know, 16-0, if they go into the, seat, the playoff 16-0 Carolina and still can find a way to have a chip on their shoulder, they have something <laughs> to prove. That's so important, though. Us against the world yeah. is the best narrative for an NFL team. Yeah. And the more beleaguered they are, lack of respect, not getting the credit they deserve, the more that's fuel for each individual game. It's the, where, you, where you get to a place that you're vulnerable is when you start reading your own press clippings and believing you're as good as they say you are. So that's a really brilliant way for Carolina to not fall into that trap. So, you know, just every year, the weeks leading... I, I, I would really say week 10 and week 12 were as good as any regular season week yeah, you will so. see. Yeah. You know, including down to the topper games... Uh, which both featured New England, New England against the Giants in Week 10, New England against Denver in Week 12. And the amazing thing about this is, like, sure, we could fast-forward. I could just tell you who wins the Super Bowl and what the score is. But you wouldn't care because you want to see how it happens, why it happens. That's why we keep coming back. Yeah, the real drama is basically from Week 10, as you mentioned, all the way through now to see who makes it in and then what happens in the wild cards and so on. But you mentioned the the Panthers. Let's start the narrative for next season. Uh, the Panthers will be the first team to go and beat 16-0 during the season, go on to win the Super Bowl, and still come into the following season with a chip on their shoulder. Right. <laughs> People don't sure. believe in them. So I'd say that there. That's all the games run through from the Week 13 slate. It's been a lot of fun. Sigmund, uh, it's the second time we've had you in the show. Hopefully we'll get to do it again in the future. Sigmund's on 
Twitter. It is at Sigmund Bloom. He is part of footballguys.com. And of course, their great podcast, The Audible. Highly recommend checking that out if you aren't doing so already. They have so many options during the week. They have on the couch. Uh, everything really going on there and definitely check out football guys uh, thanks a lot Sigmund for jumping on the show thanks can't wait to come back hi I'm Delaney Walker tight end for the Tennessee Titans and you listen to Overtime Ireland so that was Sigmund Bloom at footballguys.com of course follow him on Twitter it's at Sigmund Bloom well worth a follow there and uh, as you heard there coming out of that interview that was our guy Delaney Walker who joined us in the preseason and uh, talking off seasons in the fantasy football season he's really helping me in a number of different leagues uh, head on to the playoffs here so i'm hoping at the tight end position that he can march me on to a championship or two in the coming weeks having a good season there for the titans they had a big win over the jacksonville jaguars obviously not a lot to play for other than where positions will finish up in that division but a monster monster performance by mariota that long long touchdown run you'll not see many longer runs by an nfl quarterback for touchdowns and uh, very very impressive he had a nice game there blake bartles having quite a nice game too overall both teams putting up a lot of points was a fun game to watch the back and forth action and that one i mentioned other games with high shootout scores the the saints obviously taking on the carolina panthers everybody is having a field day against the saints at the moment uh, putting up ridiculous numbers each and every quarterback that steps in there we'll see if that continues uh, until the end of the season i fully expect it to do so and um a nice, uh, a nice performance kind of from the Saints and this as Sigmund mentioned there showing some ways maybe to, to get past this uh, Carolina Panthers defense but you know a lot of the time we talk about the Panthers we thought if they fell behind early they may struggle but they went behind early in this game fought their way back got the win went, went behind a few times close to them too but Cam Newton throwing the ball has been uh, I know his completion numbers sometimes uh, don't don't look that good hovering in around between 50 and 60 percent per game but when you look at some of the people he's throwing it to like Ted Ginn as I mentioned there he just some wide open passes great throws and uh, just doesn't want to catch them whatever's wrong with his hands but he did catch a touchdown eventually in this game but dropped a few as well uh, the Panthers still rolling have looked very very impressive and you know a lot of the time we say that there's no chance of the 16 and 0 but at this stage now you have to look at it uh, quite uh, possible here for the Carolina Panthers they looked at that number one seed sewing up in the NFC looks like the Cardinals too will have the number two seed sewing up they're having a very nice campaign Carson Palmer playing some great football uh, executing some amazing deep passes week in week out with the targets he has around him they are a bit depleted now the running back position we'll see what happens but uh, nice game all around with the Cardinals basically shut down the Rams but you know shutting down the Rams as I mentioned with Sigmund, shutting down the Rams at the moment is not the toughest of tasks with the way they are performing on offense. So this week was a week kind of that the top teams continued to move at the very top. But obviously I mentioned the changes in the AFC with the Bengals getting that win and moving up to the number one seed. The Patriots, you know, first or second seeds kind of needed there because you look at Amendola's banged up. Edelman, you know, kind of needs that bye week. Obviously, the longer he is to recover, the better chance he is of coming back close to 100% healthy. And then you look at Gronk with the knee injury. I know he might be back this week, but just you'll pick up some injuries along the way and uh, maybe that bye week might be more important for the Patriots than any other of these teams in the hunt. Hard to believe when you look at it too that the, uh, as we mentioned there, the Steelers are on the outside looking in and it's going to be hard for them to make it in. Definitely a very, very dangerous team if they do sneak in there at the end. They're putting up big, big points, putting up great offense and Ben Roethlisberger, when he's in the lineup, has been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, who, you know, forget, we're running out of words to talk about Antonio Brown and so on. Uh, just when you talk about Antonio Brown though, let's talk about his celebration on the punt return. Yeah, that one, I'm I'm pretty sure that one had to be a little bit sore. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen anyone diving crotch first into 
the upright of the goalpost before and luckily for the lady standing behind in security behind that pole he didn't actually uh, connect too hard with her but uh, had a phenomenal game three touchdowns for him but needs to maybe work on the celebratory uh, (laughs) celebrations on his punt returns but also went down to uh, SC Ed Sheeran on Saturday night after work a phenomenal concert really enjoyed it some great songs great atmosphere a lot of fun had uh, just uh, one to mention because I got a really funny tweet in from the Vikings UK fan group uh, tweeted out that I was still kind of elated after the result of the Packers and the Hail Mary which happened uh, here on Friday it would have been Friday afternoon our time Thursday night football of course and then uh, heading off to see that there concert and they tweeted out that uh, Ed Sheeran and the Packers in one tweet they were hovering over the unfollow button thankfully uh, they didn't unfollow us and uh, hopefully you are following us on Twitter so that's at Overtime Ireland the Twitter feed but always fun to get different types of interaction and I, I did get a chuckle out of that one all in all week 13 very very interesting I'm sure week 14 will go along a similar line just talking about the uh, playoffs obviously when we're going forward here a lot of people are getting into their fantasy playoffs this week we'll be talking a little bit more fantasy football on the preview show uh, going into the week but I'm just jigging through some of the lineups yesterday and today at teams that are in the playoffs looking at other people's lineups lots of big decisions to be made this week closely looking at the injury report and uh, one of my teams I've been kind of leaning on uh, the tight end position in the flex and I've been going with Martellus Bennett but looks like he is now on IR for the Chicago Bears so it's going to have to move in a different direction with that lineup. so uh, you know there's lots of stuff coming up be sure and tweet in your questions uh, fantasy wise for the preview show it'll be recorded Thursday or Friday so get them in good and early and uh, we'll use the best ones on the show going to aim for a fantasy football focused show really on uh, on the preview and it's going to be staying tuned to that at overtime twitter feed for who the guest will be that's the best way to go about it at this moment still talking to a few different guys as to who will be the guest on the show and we'll try and get that lined up hopefully we'll continue in the vein of excellent guests we've been having the last couple of weeks really uh, lucky to have so many good guests on the show really appreciate all the guys that come on really appreciate all you that are listening and all you that are supporting the show whether it's through social media tweeting it spreading the word telling your friends uh, couldn't do this without all your support so uh, thank you very very much for that please continue to do the same best way as well to comment on itunes or stitcher uh, comment rate us there gives us a little boost up the rankings and uh, let some other people know your thoughts on the show so do give us a comment on there really greatly appreciate that uh, can't say enough how much i appreciate that support so until uh, i'm back later in the week with another show hopefully you have a good week in between we'll see what happens with injuries and news around the NFL. We'll have a recap and all that for you on the preview show and look ahead to the Week 14 game. So until then, of course, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production. 